Welcome everybody to episode six of In the Lamplight. Hello, Luke. Hello, Rory. Hello, Hello, Kieran. Hello, Rory. How are we this evening? Very well, thank you. Great. Yeah. Good. I have a story to start off tonight's show, lads. Um, it's about um, a match I played towards the end of my football career. The opposing team will remain nameless. It was a club match. And, you know, in these games, you know, it, it wasn't a particularly dirty game or anything, but, you know, there's always flashpoints and there's a referee's decision or someone on the opposing team does something you're not happy with. And so I had a little uh, a little confrontation with this this fella. I didn't know this fella. You know, you'd know a lot of the guys you'd play against over the years, but I didn't know this guy. He was younger than me. Um, we fella with blonde hair. I can still see him. And so we were sort of squaring up to each other and, you know, nothing was going to happen, but there was just a few words being thrown over and back about about something that had happened. Anyway, next thing, this fella, you know, I was, I was, I suppose, starting to make a bit of a name for myself as a piano player at this stage. And this fella literally looks up at me and while he's looking at me, he grabs my middle finger on my left hand. No. Right. And twists it. No. Dirty. While looking me in the eye. And twist, <laughs> he, he, twist, he twists my finger. And he says, play the piano now, you prick. <laughs> That's actually fabulous. That's, yeah. I've heard a lot I've heard a lot of like J related quips and stuff. That's the best one by far. Yeah. I couldn't get over it. I couldn't get over it. Anyway, um so so this came to mind today, I guess. Um our guest today, I'll, I'll go through a list in a minute, but she's been called some pretty serious names. Um she's been called I'll, I'll go through it now. She's been called Boogie Woman, Margaret Thatcher, terrorist overzealous, overambitious, just a woman, bitch, a word beginning with C that none of us wants to hear on the air, bossy, arrogant, manipulative, selfish. I mean, this lady has been called all these names in her life. And, and you know, I was, I was trying to think, what have you been called in your life? And this was the worst I could come up with, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Rory, you're bursting to get in there. I can see you. No, I... <laughs> I'm just sorry. I, like I, I, I want to kind of go with two points there. I wanted to say something to you about the football. I suppose I go with the, with the with what you're saying there. Like I mean that the that the the worst thing you you had been called was it was a prick to play the piano. I think yeah. well, first off that's amazing. Yeah, I can't feel sorry for you because the insult's too good. Yeah, um, so I think that's good. Uh, but I suppose just while you were saying that, I was kind of thinking it in my head because. Um, uh, I was kind of trying to think, like, do, do I have anything I was called? And I don't think I do, at least not op- openly to my face. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. feel like I feel like I've probably been called every name under the sun, but not in kind of like a like, I don't know, an aggressive or violent way. I don't think anyone's ever said anything to me about that. But and I think that's I think that's funny that that comes from I think um, our guest this week mentions how Sligo is very safe. Uh, I can't remember her exact wordings, but she, she said she loves it. She said it's very safe and it's very calm or something. And maybe that's maybe that's the reason. But I just wanted to throw a quick question back at you. Oh, yeah. Right. So and this you, you may or may not have anything, but as for as long as I've known you and I've known you a good while now, you're, you're a very ca- calm individual, like yeah. very like th- the diplomat yeah. uh, is what we should really call you. Like, <laughs> but have you ever been on the field? Lost the rag and threw a dirty one out at one of the boys. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I've ever thrown a punch in the football pitch. I don't think I ever did. No? A verbal punch, though. Have you ever thrown a verbal punch? Uh, maybe the odd slide bit. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he was horrible. He got it all out on the football pitch. He's so calm in real life and terrible to play football with. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure some of the listeners would have played football either with or against me, so they can, um, they can okay, let us second, know. If, if, one second, yeah, one second. If you have played football with Kieran Quinn and he has said something to you, I personally will give you a prize if you write in and tell us what he said. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what you're going to get? You're going to get. We're going to get emails in with a list of the most polite insults you have ever heard in your life. It's going to be. Uh, excuse me. Sorry, you're really bad at GAA. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. That's you need. A, you need a timeout, sir. You need a timeout, lads. You do your talking with the football. That's the best way. That's the best way to show them. Show them the scoreboard. Absolutely. Absolutely, Karen. And how did that work out for Sligo generally? Yeah, we had our moments, Luke. We had our moments. <laughs> you had the moment with Sligo. That's true. That is true. In fairness, yeah, we, we had I the know. moment with yeah. Sligo. We had, we had a great, um, the other the other evening, actually, soon after Maradona died, I was showing Tom, my young fella, uh, some videos of Maradona. 
And uh, he says, did you ever play with Maradona, Dad? I said, uh, <laughs> I said no, I didn't. He said, I said, well, well, show us some of your matches. So we had a lovely, uh, a lovely half an hour going through uh, Connacht Championship matches and big games in Croke Park. And it was great, actually, reliving some of the memories, you know. Um, ah, that's cool. That's we, did have, we, we did have some great days, in fairness, with the, with the Sligo team back in the, in, t- in the 2000s. But anyway, enough about football. Um, and I'm glad, uh, Luke, you've no, you've no major stories about being called names you can tell um, us have you I don't think so uh, I've certainly been through I suppose a few patches in my life I think no more than anyone you know you go through school you're a teenager you you get on with some people you get on with some you don't and and there's names and I've certainly been through patches like that but uh, I don't think I have any story that tops what you have just told there right. uh, okay. something though that I, was, I had in my head while you were telling your story you said quite a few times that you know, I was looking down this fella was there ever realistically going to be a scenario where you were looking up at someone <laughs> you're so damn tall <laughs> yeah. well, looking up at this fella what was he eight foot tall <laughs> you came up you did no you came up against some big men at midfield now you know there was uh, the fella I played with actually for Calera for my club Con O'Mara we played midfield together for years and Con had Con has still two or three inches on me, you know. So there are some big fellas out there, but it's all about the jump. That's what I was told. It was this fella, <laughs> the jump. this fella I played with in college. He was about um, five foot nine, fella from Cavan, end of King, great, great midfielder, and he'd he'd field ball with with the best of them, like you know, despite his height. But he said, and he's right. It's all about the, it's all about the jump, getting you know the timing of the jump right, and you can beat you can beat anyone if you get that right. Sounds like a metaphor for life. There you go, Rory. There you go. (laughs) I don't think, yeah, no, I don't really think I have anything to say there, but I actually do have something to say to Rory because, Rory, I actually have heard a few people saying things. Oh, uh, here we go. Behind your your back, (laughs) calling your barbershop Maitland's butcher shop. How do you feel about that? (laughs) I've I've heard that one before. (laughs) Actually, like my barbershop is in Colony and for the listeners that don't know, uh, it used to be a butcher shop. And uh, when I first opened the doors of my shop, I'd say it was probably about the second day and an old man wandered in and he'd often got his his meat in in that butcher shop and I cut his hair and he was great crack and he was just jibing and the way our lads do, a bit like if he was sitting at a bar and I finished his haircut and he said in, in like in a kind of a jokey way or whatever because his haircut was fine he says I see the butcher never left <laughs> <laughs> there well, you the, go. Only, <laughs> the only endorsement you ever need for your barbershop is that Sean O'Reilly let you cut his hair yeah absolutely <laughs> that's all that you need for anyone who doesn't know Sean O'Reilly he is very particular uh, he's a drummer from Saigo. He'd be friendly with all of us and he's very particular about his haircut. So when he walked in, I felt like I should have been awarded a plaque by Saigo to say that <laughs> I, I was allowed to cut his hair, you know. There you go. There you go, Rory. <laughs> well, fair play to you. Um, we're going to we're gonna move on with the interview. Um, so this lady uh, uh, came to Sligo um, via Dublin from the Cameroon. Uh, she, is, she has great energy about her. Um, she's had plenty of setbacks in her life, um, but she bounces back from every single one, as you'll hear in the interview. And she has a has an amazing uh, attitude towards life, and it was a pleasure to have her in. So Mabel, you are very welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Kieran. <laughs> the I, I've heard you sing many times. The first time I heard you be interviewed was on the Ray Darcy show about this time last year, and you completely charmed him. You were you were you were completely on your game that night, and you gave Sligo a great plug, and it was it was it was a lovely interview. Um, but I saw you. I saw afterwards you tweeted saying that you had so much to say. But so little time. Oh yes, absolutely. It was just squeeze it into thirteen minutes. How could I tell you everything I have in thirteen? Yes, whole well tonight minutes. or today on this show Ooh. on this podcast, Mabel, we have a lot more than thirteen minutes, and so feel free to tell us whatever you want. Oh yeah, it may not be as charming as you think well, it was at the Ray Darcy show. But well, well, we'll thank see. you very much for having me. I'm no glad problem. to be here. No problem. You're very welcome. Can I first ask you how you ended up in Sligo? So I came to Ireland. I sought asylum in Dublin in 2013. 
And when you seek asylum, you don't decide where you are sent. So they just deploy asylum seekers from Dublin into any part of the country. And so a batch, my batch was sent to Sligo in in September, September 2013. And from the day I got here, I loved it. Because where we were kept in Dublin, uh, St. Margaret's Road, Finglas, it's just in the middle of nowhere. And Lord knows I hate the middle of nowhere. No people. I love seeing people. I love being in the center of of everything. I love things happening around me. I love interacting. But where we were, there was nothing happening. And I couldn't wait to get out of there. It took me a lot. It took me too much to be able to be active in the town. I had to travel into Dublin City from there. And oh, it was just miserable. So when I left there and I came to Sligo from day one, I loved it. And why was that? Because, first thing, the centre in Sligo is really in the centre of Sligo. So when I arrived, I saw buildings, I saw houses around, and houses around meant people. And there was just the school opposite the centre, and that also meant more people. So it just meant just seeing people. And for me, really, it takes very little to get me all animated and going and excited and ready to get in and go. And one of them, one of the little it takes is just having the people around to bring up projects and whatever activities and get busy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that, when I saw that. that That's one thing that's been clear from, you know, I've spoken to a few people who know you well and I've read some interviews and, and you just love to be busy. You and you, you, you love to you, you bring a great uh, get up and go to projects and you really throw yourself into them. Am I right? Yeah, I love it. I'm yeah. telling you, it's almost like, oh, Corona has me quacked, <laughs> has me broken. It does not. Does I'm, it? I'm telling you. It'd take a lot to oh, break you, maybe, I'd say. Oh, if I start with this now, we're going to be here for two years. Go on. Tell I'm me. telling you, I had all these plans. It was my last year in college. That was supposed to be my last academic year, getting my degree and all. In June, I had the plans. Okay, I'm going to launch this business um, restaurant. I'm going to do more with my music. I'm going to do more. No more school meant more time to develop myself career-wise, be it in business or with the music. And then just when I'm about to finish college and start with these projects, Corona happens. No one really understands how devastated I was. Because everything I do, like I said, involves people getting together. Everything, music, cooking, whatever it is, it involves one or two or more people sitting together. But Corona says none of that should happen. So everything I had planned just came to a grinding halt. And so I had to restructure my whole life and restructure my plans, but keep it going. Okay. And, and so how have you managed to do that? How, obviously, okay, this was a huge blow for you back in March, oh. but how, how, how have you dealt with that? How have you managed to bounce back? Which I've no doubt you managed, Mabel. I'm telling you, the only way I've managed to bounce back is I'm hopeful for 2021. I'm telling you. And in preparation for 2021, instead of staying home and crying about all my projects have come to a grinding halt, I have decided, you know what, take another year in college, and build yourself up, get more skills, get more experience. And the job hunt as well, you know, with the redundancies and people losing their jobs. Imagine it's normally very hard for a graduate to get work. Imagine what it is for a graduate with Corona. Mm. It's just, it's, it's unreal. I have over 600 applications sent out, 600 plus sent out at this stage and Two or three interviews, some of which come back and they call me Mireille. Okay. okay. <laughs> some interviews come back and they mistake my name or they they, get, they tell me, actually, I have an interview that came back. The things that could just crush you, Kieran, I'm telling you. I've had a, a reply coming back to me saying, oh, after your interview on Tuesday, we see um, since you've not replied, you've not come back to us. We see you've decided to go with another organization. And it's for the same role I applied for. And I'm sitting there thinking, you did not. No, um, we had no interview. So what is this HR manager on about? Yeah, okay. And then I write back to them and say, oh, sorry, did you want me to come in and start? Yeah. Yeah, I could come in, but we did not have any interview and I'm not sure you're talking to the right person, but I am still available for this position. 600, and then they were, yeah. 600 applications. Yeah, plus. Wow. Plus wow. at this stage. Okay. So imagine that tough. Yeah. This means 
grinding halt, stop, think about it, lament, cry, get depressed and all that. But I just don't have time for that. I come from too far mm. and I've seen worse. And I think there are things that I have come back from in my life that I'm looking at this like, if I could do that, then I can do this. So what I've done is another year, went in for a master's degree in HR. So by 2021, when the cure or the vaccine must have been discovered, I'm going to come out with the master's well ready for the business world, either to business my career in food or business my music career, or actually just work for some organization okay. and gain okay. experience. Great. But I'm... Um, spread out there like that. Okay, okay. Well, look, Mabel, your determination is clear for all to see. Um, can I can I bring you back? Because the first song we're going to perform uh, is the first song you wrote after you came to Sligo. Is that yeah, right? Yes. Okay, so I'd like to just bring you back. Now, if you're if you're uncomfortable with this question, please tell me. But why did you have to seek asylum? What what you mentioned there that you've gone oh, yes. through some really oh, no. really tough stuff. What 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 was what was going on in in, in Cameroon? Yes, I know I'll, I could say it's a tough question yeah. because um, I would say there are things I couldn't talk about at interviews because my reason involved putting my family in danger and I'm not about to start big mouthing, sure. but it's just most of the information about what I did, it's still on, I'm sure it's still on some media pages from my country. It's still online, I think. Okay, okay. The music, the song. I wrote and I started, well, big mouthing in quotes, I say. Yes. The wrong people. Okay. Using popular music, opening the eyes of a group and age in my country that would normally not care about politics. Okay. Then I start doing this kind of music that is riling them up. And that was not the intention. I would always say this. My intention was not to rile people up. And I was asked to stop, but I got excited that, oh, somebody's listening. That's why they're asking me to stop. And I kept going. Okay. And I was asked to stop again. And it just got really messy. Okay. And once my family got threatened, then I saw, okay, this is not just about me anymore. And the only way I could stop, because what I was talking about was happening. Everybody was seeing it, but nobody was talking about it. And I am a girl. I was using popular music to talk about it. So when I spoke about it, not many people, the media, social media was not what it is today. Not many people had access to what I was doing or what I was saying as now, but it was enough people to attract the attention of the authorities. And they didn't like that. The minute more people got into it in 2015, two years after I was in this country, they just came with a bang because more people got in and they were just tired of the segregation in Cameroon and the And did the, that did that give you did that give you some satisfaction that that people sort of continued to to no, support No, I'm the, very frustrated cuz I want to be there. You want to be there, okay. But it's not just about me and and I think maybe I'm just too old now. <laughs> well, you are over here, Mabel, and you, you've made yeah. you've made some impact on Sligo since you arrived. Quiet um, and safe and uh, nice. I love it. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. Let's listen. Let's get to the first song. So this was the first song you wrote after coming to Sligo. You were, first song you recorded. Yes, yes. after coming to Sligo. Um, and yeah. do you want to tell us a bit about this song? Yes, it's called Burning Coal. I actually wrote this song the same time I wrote the song. I wrote the song that got me into trouble. Okay, this song, Burning Coal. I have a, my great-grandmother. I grew up looking at her as invincible. Among all my peers, my friends, I was the only one who had a great-grandmother who was alive. And she was always, she had this joie de vivre. She was always just dancing and singing, always light on her feet. Her eyes hurt, her back ached. And I would only hear of this from my grandmother. But when I'm with her, I didn't see any of that. It was just music. And so in my mind, she was immortal. Mm-hmm. And then I was away um, at work in a city and they call me and say, um, if you want to say anything to Nini, you should call her. She really is not well. I say, ah, it's just one of the headaches. It's going to pass. And that same day in the afternoon, I'm called and told, okay, the headache did not pass, but she passed. <gasps> yeah. I think that time, everything, I was just, I just was ang angry at myself. I was, there was just this rage in me. And by then I had been asked twice already to stop with the song I was doing. Go vote, vote no. But then it just, I just wanted, I just went into a, I don't know, destructive and just was loud and accepted gigs and performance events to do the song. And so then I sat down, when I got calm, I sat down and I read 
I am holding on to burning coal. In the morning, I know that it will go because she was sick and she was eight. She was well advanced in age. And I knew somewhere subconsciously, I knew she would have to go, but I kept holding on. The knowledge that she's going to go is like I described it as hot coal, burning coal. No matter what, this coal will burn into ash. As it's burning, it's hurting. Mm. I have to let it go so it stops hurting, but I just could not let it go. Okay. And I'm thinking, is it I who did something wrong? Tell me, don't leave me. And maybe it's my fault that she left. And then I just wrote this song. And sometimes with time now, the memory is no longer the same. But I remember a few years after that, it still was really hard just talking about burning coal. But I'll never forget why I wrote this song. Great, Mabel. Well, look, let's do it. This is yeah. Burning Coal. So Mabel, was that different to how you sang that song before? Yes, Kieran. Tell me how. When I came to Sligo, I started singing with the Sligo Gospel Choir and by then the chairperson was Nola. 
and she would take me around to open mics and to places with live music and we'd get chatting and she would ask if there is a band that needed a singer. Mabel is a great singer, but nothing ever happened. Then she said, go on Facebook. There is a Sligo Musicians Notice Board and put it up there if there is a band looking for a singer. Hmm. And nothing ever happened, never got called back. And But then I suppose Sligo is small enough and I was just singing with a gospel choir. And I love to sing, I'm telling you. And because I am alone, I've lived here alone, I love to sing. Sometimes singing in the choir is not enough. So then I'll get a speaker and I'll go on the streets and then I'll start doing Get Your Freak On and doing all these things on the streets and dancing. And my friend... <laughs> My friends and other residents in the in the center, in, they think, oh, you need to see their faces when yeah. they're coming, when they come by. And the funny thing is they pass by seeing me dancing on the street like this mad, I'm busking away. And then they join in and they say, oh, Mabel, I'm telling you, you can, you keep pulling out the crazy in each and every one. Brilliant. I said, no, it's not crazy. I may not have a band, so I use backing tracks. Yeah. And there are limitations with backing okay. tracks, I'm telling you. Yeah. And then I realized I'm doing the same song the same way all the time. So singing Burning Coal like this today is different from what I've ever done it because one, it's live. And then it's given me a chance to just follow the music mm. and let the music lead me. And then... um. Well, I think I think there is there's absolutely something about live music, Mabel, and oh, to yeah. do it here with you and, and with Luke on the bass, it's just uh, it's I guess it's something we're all missing at the moment. Yeah, you know, it it's mm-hmm. it's 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 not happening much at the moment, and so that's I suppose that's one of the reasons we we thought of this podcast was was to to get to play music with people again, you know, oh, and so yeah. so that's that was that was a pleasure. I, I'm also thinking, Mabel, of the time. Uh, where we did perform live together, oh, uh, where uh, you came on stage. Never do that to me again. Never do what to you again? What did I do? <laughs> oh, okay. how how did you know I was not going to tank your whole show? Oh my god! Oh, actually, maybe I did. Just say okay, so, maybe so we'll come let's, for rehearsal. Let's, let's tell people what happened. So <laughs> this was this was um, uh, the last team night, live team night we got to do before the coronavirus hit it was in February oh. twenty twenty. It was uh, the Bee Gees. Unreal and disco and 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 well you know you came out for a rehearsal we rehearsed it mm-hmm. and then we we, we did the show mm. Is, and what's wrong with that good everybody that's Kieran's version now let me tell you my version <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> now let me tell you yep so we uh, Tuesday he says oh Mabel you know what yeah the show it's on Saturday and I'm thinking yeah I've watched these shows I've watched. Them on you, and this is this is the real deal. There's it's a stage with a full house band, and and then I'm thinking, yeah, there would be a couple of rehearsals, you know, to get me all ready. Oh no no no, you can just come in um, and rehearse. Oh no, we had to, I had to rehearse twice. That was the original plan. But then you said, you know what, Mabel, don't bother. Just come in before the show at was it four or some an yeah, hour yeah, in the afternoon? Maybe. Yes, yeah. four. Come in for the rehearsal. So I thought I would come in and we're going to try this and try different finishings and try this and <laughs> 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 then I come in. Others are rehearsing. Then Karen says, okay, Mabel, your turn. And I'm like, what? And then I go on stage and I've seen the way the girl before me, she re- she literally just went on stage, sang the song throughout once and that was it. And I was thinking maybe she had rehearsed before. Then I go on stage and I sing it once. Oh, Mabel, brilliant. Yeah, okay, see you in the evening. Bye. <laughs> well, look, I mean, there's maybe there's some people we have to rehearse more with, but Mabel, you came in and you nailed it. And... and I mean, what I remember from that night was uh, was your performance. I mean, you came in and it was early in the show, and you came in 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 this this dress, and you just you just lit up the lit up the show from the word go. But but I've heard since Mabel that like you, I mean, you came on and you were full of swagger and full of confidence, and you went out and it was I will survive. Am I right? It was that big <laughs> yes, song. Yes, it was. It was Gainer I will number. survive. But but I've heard from people who were backstage with you mm-hmm. beforehand. Yeah. You, you were very nervous coming oh, on. Oh, I was. Oh, I'm telling you, I rehearsed just once. Don't you understand what I'm saying? I was in shreds. That's all you needed. I, I was wearing sleepers backstage, you know. I, I wanted to go barefoot, like, just be one with the well, earth. I can and, I can give the story oh. from what happened backstage when oh. you were on the stage. Please do, Rory. Please do. So, <laughs> Mabel's backstage, cacking the boots, really shaking, oh. tell, telling everyone she's super nervous. And, 
everyone was walking around kind of like oh this poor girl and like she was saying I only got to rehearse it once and I you know just Good. nervous and, that's and, the story <laughs> and then she goes out onto the stage and gives a 10 out of 10 cracking performance I mean <laughs> the whole green room were sitting there going I have no idea what she was talking about she was definitely just playing up there she oh, went see? out and killed it she's like one of these uh, one of these leaving cert students who, who comes out of the exam saying I failed that it's all the, the whole thing is just, I failed <laughs> exactly. it I didn't study no, but I'm telling you. And then I was thinking, I'm going to look at the mess. Look at the mess I did on stage. And all my friends, like the band I used to sing with back home, they all watched it and said, Mabel, you leave to be on stage. But if not, it was, I was really humbled to go and sing with a full. I've never sang in my life before with that larger band so thank you very much oh, look, not at all looking. Never. we'll do it again Mabel when, when we can and we'll give you two rehearsals next time how about that <laughs> yes please yeah. oh yes then Lovely. two rehearsals we so, should do it so come here as I say you've made a big impact on Sligo you've had you've, you've you know you've had the global kitchen you're, you're oh, yeah. one of the driving forces behind that would you like to talk about that for a minute yes I really just love doing things in the community and global kitchen it was a project that it started in 2015. Back then, when you sought asylum, you were not allowed to study, to work, earn a living. So you were on 19 euros, 10 cents a week, just enough maybe to get whatever. So that on its own was just, it was crippling. You couldn't go out to get a bite. And for those that were new in Sligo, visiting places like the model, it meant paying money. We didn't realize it was a center that welcomed everybody and you didn't have to pay to go and visit the gallery and all that. But then because we come from so far, it's a new community. There are places we did not have access to because we were financially unable and and because we just did not have the knowledge. Then I have an artist from the model, Anna Spearman. She contacts me and says, Mabel, there is this kitchen here. I have the grants here from the Community Foundation Ireland. And will it be a great idea to get a couple of others from the center to come and cook meals from your home? I know you're not allowed to cook um, your own food and you eat whatever they serve you and at the times you're being served. And there are people who lived like that for 15 years mm. before I got here. Some for seven years before I got here and are still there. When I thought about it, when I got here and I was hearing some of those stories, I said to myself, well, I may not be here tomorrow. I may not be here next week. But while I'm here, I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to meet as many people as possible. I'm going to have whatever impact, irrespective of what my past was. Was all that matters is the me now and what I can contribute now that will impact on tomorrow, on the future. So then I thought it was a brilliant idea, took it back to the hostel, told a few of my friends and they all thought any opportunity to go and cook um, food from our home countries and share with the community and it's being paid for, please, we're in. So we came back. The first sessions were just among us residents from Globe House. We had people from four different countries cook their meals and share with and we were about 25. It started just 25 of us. Then the staff in the model, they started, it was once a month as well. The staff in the model, uh, at the second or third event, I can't remember, they got the aromas coming out of the kitchen. And they were like, what is happening here? Mm. What mm. is this? And then we'd invite them, come on in, come on in and sit down, join us. And they would sit and eat. the. And every time the expression on their faces, the gratitude, and they would ask for the recipe. And we are sitting here thinking, oh, People they like love, this. Yeah, they like this. Yeah. I actually have something I could contribute. Oh, I don't have to always be at the receiving end of things being offered. Everything is being charity. I, do, I, I can actually contribute, even if it's by cooking food for my and people would appreciate that. So then we asked the staff, would you like to invite your family, your friends to join us? Oh, what did we do? If the first, few, the staff, it would be about 10 people in the model. At the next event, we were looking at about 40, 60 people. And it just word of mouth and it was not open to the public. Then Anna Spearman, she gave me some training on just to help me integrate and be able to use this project and apply for funds to keep the project going. And she said, Mabel, I think you're ready now. In 2017, she handed it over to me and I said, I'm opening it up to the whole community. Created a social media presence, started inviting people, but then I didn't know what I was getting in for. The first event was on May 27, 2017. 
17. Right. Open to the community. We had just created our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram platforms. And I put in there, oh, come on, I join us. And we had over 150 people coming, walk through the door on our first open door event. Brilliant. And from there, it just went. And we won the Irish Food Writers Guild Award. And it was just success. It's yeah. been success after you won success. The, you won the Cahirlock Award in 2017, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Ah, yes. look, you know, I, I mean, there's so. so many people talk so positively about uh, about the Global oh, Kitchen, Mabel. Yeah. So, I've actually so. been at several of, of those oh, right. myself. Oh, yes, you yeah. have. And I have to say, just the, the vibe at them is lovely. Uh, the one that really sticks in my mind is the one where um, people ate with their hands off oh, these Oh, you were leaves. at that one! Yeah, oh and that was lovely. And it's just such a natural thing. Everybody's sitting around eating tasty food with their hands off a big leaf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was... Oh, the feedback yeah. from that one. And that then great. they keep asking, Mabel, will you bring that back? Will you, Mabel, we missed the one with the leaves. Mabel, we wonder... And I'm thinking, yeah, okay. That was not easy to manage because those leaves, I had to get them from Dublin. It's a bit tricky getting them whole because they have to be of a certain size, banana leaves. And you know something, look, I think during that week it was about, it was the week of the Environmental Awareness Week. That was the week, that was the month actually. And I thought, okay, we're going to get on this theme. Let's do it the way some of us or most of us do it back in our villages in our home country and banana leaves. So I went with it to my team. Half of them were divided. No, Mabel, no, this won't work. The other half were like, hmm, interesting. But by the time the meeting was done, oh, well, Mabel, whatever we say, we know you're going to do what you want to do. <laughs> ah, very good. Very good. <laughs> Did it and the feedback was like, look, right. saying. So, right. so it's just been strength to strength. And we got supper club training and the support from the model, the staff there has been. It's amazing. When I keep saying it's amazing, you really do not understand. I don't know if it's because of I put myself out there as well, because putting myself out there the way I have as well has also brought me some punches in the gut. Yeah. But I will not dwell on those yeah. because what help will they give me yeah. dwelling on them? Yeah. But the beautiful ones, the great experiences, I love them and I keep yeah. Talking about them with Zaz. Good on you. Brilliant stuff. Well, look, I want to talk about another big experience for you. Um, this is 2017. We're going to move on to 2019 mm -hmm. when you you released uh, an EP, mm -hmm. Zero to Hero. Yes. Okay. And the next song we're going to do is from that EP. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a bit about this song. Yassi, 2019 is one of the tracks, one of the five tracks in the EP Zero to Hero. And Yassi is saying, open. Sometimes I feel like there is a same theme that runs through my music. It's just be aware of what's happening around you and contribute so that when you leave, the memories, what the impact you had in people's lives is, will be way better than anything you offered, any physical thing you offered them, I believe. I believe that the way I leave you feeling about me will be way better than anything I could offer you. What could I possibly give you? So I'm going to make sure your experience around me is as positive as it could be. So in the song, Yassi, I say, open my mouth and let me speak. Open my ears and let me hear. Open my eyes so I can see. It's just metaphorical. The song, the, there are verses in English, in French, in Spanish. And then I don't know what I'm saying I don't know what other language that is. I've never heard it before. I've heard it only in... <laughs> it's that language. Do yeah. I don't know if it's happened to you, Kieran, but there is a language that comes to you only when you're in the studio. And then when you listen back to it, you're like, what, who, why? I don't know if it happens to you. <laughs> I can't say it has, Mabel, but I, I, I'm looking forward to hearing it in this song. <laughs> I'm and, and, telling you, I well, have no clue. Then I call it Mabish. Oh. Mabish. Well, let's hear, let's hear. So this is um, this is Yassi and with, with, yeah. some, with some very special Mabish. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. here we go. Yes, yes, I come on my 
Ya sing tong lo wo ma ma juan Ya sing yo juan wo ma ma tangi Eclair si mon chemin ouvre mon cœur et mes mains Yeah aujourd'hui et demain Oh ya sing Eclair si mon chemin ouvre mon cœur et mes mains Yeah aujourd'hui et demain Ya sing Ya sing Open my eyes and I can see Open my ears and let me hear Open my mouth and I will speak Yes, yes, yes Open my eyes and I will see Open my ears and let me hear Open my mouth and I will speak Yes, yes, yes Love me now, awake, bring me flowers in my last hour Open your ears for hear me say I need just enough for today Open your mouth if you can speak A weapon, use it, spread some peace Let your eyes not decorate your head Open and see what's ahead Yasi, open, ooh, abre Yasi, open, ooh I shut down out of fear I don't know what's out there This is mine, it's all I care What I don't know, I fear How do I listen, hear and speak? It looks lonely up at the peak Abre mi ojo si podré ver Pour voir des esprits noirs et amers Abre mi oido si podré oi Ni gung shung shong zung foy Abre mi boca y podré tesser Kich vidi vung padek zer Yasi yasi aka mama yaino Yasi yachu wo mama tangi Yasi yatongla wo mama juhu Yes, yes. Oh, and the chorus is in Bikom. The chorus is what? Bikom is spoken by the Kom tribe, a tribe from the northwest of Cameroon. How cool is it that I left? I'm from the northwest of Cameroon, and I landed in the northwest of Ireland. That is pretty cool. So we had <laughs> we had, we had English, we had Spanish, we had French, we had Bikom. And, and Mavish. Yeah. Five languages mm-hmm. in that one song. You know. There we go. There are more languages than chords in that song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five languages, four chords. Oh, yeah. Okay, Mabel. So it, it's clear to see you're a very positive person and you are determined to, to make the most of any situation you're in, uh, which is which is so, so admirable. And it's 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 really it's inspirational, I think. And, and I hope some of the listeners are, are feeling that from the chat. I was struck, however, by a couple of posts I saw on your social media from a few mm-hmm. years ago now, and I know it's a while ago, mm-hmm. but there was one in particular that stood out. You, you spoke about some of the names you had been called, mm-hmm. right? And you've you've 10 or 12 names here. I mean, I'll, I'll read out some of them. I guess I'll read out some of the less insulting ones, but you mm-hmm. have been called some pretty serious names according to this tweet in the past. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's arrogant, bossy, manipulative, just a woman, overzealous, Margaret Thatcher, terrorist, like some, some, some pretty nasty stuff. And as I say, I'm, I'm not reading out some of the nastier ones. And that's not easy, Mabel, surely. No, it's not, Kieran. Is it names that have been called from relationships I've had or names that have been called while working with colleagues? And the funny thing is then you call these names, but you don't leave me. So when I see this, I see that somebody could call me a witch. If I thought anybody was a witch or uh, I'll pack up my bags and go and you won't see me. 
if I really think somebody, if you're not adding anything or I am not adding anything to you, yeah. I'll pack on my bag and go. I am a girl from a minority part of a country where people that speak my language, the English speaking Cameroonians are already marginalized. Yes. And then that I am a girl, a woman, I come up and I try to talk. I tried to say something. I don't know if it was more irritating because it was having an impact, but things like that, they just empower. It means I'm speaking and people are listening. So if I have something to say, I know people would listen. The only way you can, you can call me names is because I have said something to you that has had an impact. So I know more would come throughout my life. I'm going to be called all kinds. I'm ready. And what I keep saying is, I'm not the best of all. I can be mean. Yeah. I just get angry and I just say things. And But I'm quickly, quickly, qu as soon as it passes, please forgive me. And the people that have stuck with me throughout the years, they've most of them now, they're like, okay, I'll talk to you tomorrow when you're done with this, your face. What about home, Mabel? Uh, you obviously have still a family at home. Yes. So you're a long way from home. You are in a place which, which by all accounts, you, you are happy in. You love the place you're in. You've told us already today. But missing your family at home, is that a thing for you? Oh, absolutely. It must be. Absolutely. But then it is easier today than it was. At first, it was letters that would take months to be delivered. Then emails. Then phone calls were made accessible to everybody. And then now WhatsApp, you can video call and talk to somebody. Sometimes you don't know, is it more painful to be able to see you and talk to you, but not to be in the same room with you? And then why I always need to get up and go, Kieran, is because I'm terrified of what will happen to me if I stopped. Yes. I'm terrified of the places. My mind is too, it's always thinking of something, creating something. And it's an avenue. You need something to keep it busy because I'm afraid if I stopped, I just, during the COVID, I couldn't. I took, I was doing more courses online. I had to do something with Sligo Global Kitchen because I, if I stop, then I think, Mabel, you're in a continent on your own. You have no family, not just in the country, no biological family, not just in the, but in the whole continent. If anything were to happen to you here, like seriously, where would you go? What will happen? But then, Kieran, I've made some amazing friendships in Sligo. I've had people tell me any day, any hour, pick yeah. up your phone and call me. Yeah. And that's just amazing for me. Yeah. That keeps me, I'm like, oh, it's good to know this person. Oh, Mabel, what's your mom's number? I will just keep it on my phone. What's your dad's number? Great. That's just yeah. Well, that that is that is so important. And I mean, look, you you've lived you've lived a life, um, and you've had setbacks that most of us, I suppose, yeah. uh, <laughs> we couldn't understand them or we couldn't even contemplate them. Um, so the fact that you're here and you're and you're so positive uh, is, is is fantastic. And so uh, it's it's really great to have you here today, Mabel. And, and I'm so glad you told us your story. I hope you, you had a little bit more time than you did with Ray Darcy that time. Oh, I did to, a lot to tell more us time. A few more bits. I've told you everything. Good. Good, 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 good. Well, look, so, we're going to finish on a we're going to finish on a positive note because yeah, really that's the message yeah. I'm getting from you today uh, is 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 you know to to keep positive and to keep keep bouncing back from the setbacks and to yeah. keep moving. And I think that's a message for a lot of people, I suppose, in in this pandemic that we're living through. It's not easy for anyone, but uh, we're going to keep going. We have to keep we going, have to Kieran. Keep going, and Mabel. Just uh, considering, I keep saying. Please call somebody. I've heard of mental health problems and depression. And I have a friend here from Cameroon that has crashed in a way that is just so painful to see. And it's just all about bottling things up. Mm. You see mm. what I tell you? I'm afraid if I stay quiet, I'm afraid I may go to a place where I'll never return. And what a waste. Yeah. So I say, call somebody, talk to somebody and just keep going. Fail. It's okay to fail. It's okay to have a horrible past. It, what matters is moving on. Great. I think so. Well, let's, uh, let's move on with this song, Mabel, yes. and let's, let's finish on a, on a, on a happy note. This mm -hmm. is a great choice of song. Uh, this is, this is one love by one of your favorite artists, Bob Marley. Am I right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Great. Okay. One, two, three. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel Sing it, one heart, give thanks and praise 
together and feel alright. Let them all pass all their dirty remarks. There is one question I would really love to ask. One heart. Is there a place for the homeless sinner who has lost a mankind just to save his own? Sing it now. One So shall it be in the end Give thanks and praise to the Lord And I will feel alright Let's get together and feel alright Let's get together to face this only Amagadion So when the man comes there will be no no doom Have pity on those whose chances grow From the father of creation One love One heart Let's get together And feel alright Sing it One love Sing it with me One heart Give thanks and praise to the Lord And I will feel alright Let's get together And feel alright So that was Mabel Cha. Uh, and lads, the line that stuck with me from that interview was towards the end when Mabel said, she said, why I always need to get up and go is because I'm terrified of what will happen to me if I stop. Yeah, that's savagely powerful line. Yeah. They're just really, really good. And, and great insight into herself, you know, great that, you know, she n- realizes this about herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that she's not just getting up and going because that's what she feels you know, she's getting up and going. She she can see that she's getting up and going and she can see why she's getting up and going because of the of the consequences, I guess. She's an immensely powerful person in general. Like she's overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Every time I've 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 been around her, whether it be kind of uh, in the studio or uh, you know at a show, like you know when she sang at the team night, or when I see her get up on an open mic in in what was McGarrigal's or or now in Lily's or um, any encounter I have with her, she is just upbeat uh, and positive and full of joy and just happy to be out, happy to be singing, happy to be kind of present and and in the moment and. Um, to have kind of come up against and come over the obstacles that life has put in front of her. I don't think you come out the other side as kind of triumphantly as she has without just being a fundamentally positive person at your core. Yeah. Do you know what I liked? Was was just the fact that right, if you imagine having to travel from Cameroon because of your safety and the safety of your family and then going to what I can only imagine is possibly the opposite of Cameroon which is Sligo the west of Ireland to find yourself in this brand new place where nothing's the same and maybe you understand large portions of the culture and don't understand smaller portions and you're trying to find your feet in a brand new place but then still to be so focused on both herself and also the community that she's found herself in like the way she talks about when she opened the Global Kitchen or when she was given the Global Kitchen, the first thing that she wanted to do was open it up to the community. Mm. She speaks mm. so highly of, of Sligo. And I, I, like, I don't know Mabel all that well, but I do know her from a few musical things that we've probably all done together. And I, I kind of know her from, from, as Luke stated earlier on, a couple of open mics and stuff. And she's mad to just be involved and be part of it. And and regardless of, I know you gave the list of names at the start of the podcast that she's been called, which I think are appalling, but she doesn't allow that to step in her way. She she doesn't allow that to cloud her vision of our community. She thinks of us highly and she wants to be involved with us. And I think that is to be commended. I think it's to be applauded. I just really, really enjoyed listening 
to her talk about her life there. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, let, let me be clear that that list was not necessarily things she's been called in Sligo or in Ireland, um, I suppose. Oh, right, okay, okay. So um, that was not clear. Some of them might have been, I'm not sure. Some of them might have been uh, before she got here. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, when she said in, uh, initially about landing in Dublin and being you know, way out on the outskirts and that didn't suit her. You know, she needs to be at the centre of things. And in Sligo, because it's way smaller, you can be at the centre of things far more easily. And that was that was a big clue to her personality straight away, I felt. Sure, sure. Absolutely. So, so, lads, it's a sort of an international edition tonight or today on this show. Um, You know, we've had Mabel from Cameroon, our our second, I I, I guess, our second guest on the show who has not been from Ireland. We had Philippe Carbonell from Mallorca. Um, But I was looking through some data about who listens to the show and there are 10 or 12 countries uh, represented on that list, you know. Oh, yeah. So international boys hit the big time. Yeah, exactly. We've hit the UK, we've hit Germany, the United States, Spain, Belgium, France, Bahrain, Switzerland, Poland, the United Arab Emirates and Australia. And so I would say to whoever you guys are uh, listening to us in those countries, we would absolutely love to know where in these countries you are, what has drawn you to the podcast, have you Sligo connections? Um, you know, please get in touch. It's, it's really interesting to us. Um, and on this topic, Luke, I've got a question for you. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to address it to you. It's a question to the podcast, but I think you'd be best placed to answer it. Okay. It comes from Boston. Boston, Massachusetts. Boston. And uh, this uh, listener has asked, where did we get the name for the podcast in the lamplight? Where did um, we get the name? Yeah. Interesting question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, I have all these lamps in the studio. They're a real kind of feature of the place. And I had done another thing at one point years back, which also had lamps in the name, even though I didn't actually own any nice lamps at the time. And we were just, I suppose we were fishing around for a name and I thought of this old thing that I had and whether I could kind of resurrect that name or or, or pull some ideas from that name. And we all latched on to just this lamp idea because we knew that we had all these lamps that we could use as a nice visual feature in our videos. And we banged around names and the only thing that they all had in common was the word lamp. And that just happened to be the one that we all kind of liked and, and, and it stuck. Fishing around for a name, you underplayed that. <laughs> that was the longest time I think any group of humans have ever spent trying to pick a name. Like, and I, like yeah, yeah. I like it now, but it was like every week for like eight weeks, lads, have we got a name yet? And there'd be like another five like suggestions or whatever. And I think actually one of the things that came from was that li- limelight. Somebody had mentioned, you know, the limelight or whatever, yeah. you're in the limelight. Uh, and, and we had been playing with lamps. I think it was you, Luke, in the end that came up with, with lamplight and then I love it now don't get me wrong it feels it feels really part of the podcast but at the time I think all of us went that'll do just move on <laughs> pro tip anyone out there if you're starting a podcast don't be afraid of it the absolute hardest thing you will do is name the bloody thing everything <laughs> after that is easy <laughs> and that's this week's lamplight top, top tip. tip there we go <laughs> <laughs> but yeah what I was going to say it's like the spotlight but it's a bit, it's a bit lighter, or it's a bit less, m- yeah. bit more subtle, a bit less blinding than the Ooh, spotlight. I so, like you it know, here, yeah, these, here, and I like that. It's kind yeah. of like a subtle spotlight. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what that's what these guests are under. But it's not a blinding spotlight that they're going to feel uncomfortable in. But they're they're going to, they're you know, they, we are sort of interviewing in 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 decent depth, I suppose. Um, these guests, and so that's they are in the lamplight. That's that's what that's what I that's why I voted for it anyway. Yeah. Do you yeah. know when you're in English class and your English teacher? is explaining to you what a poem means and then you you think that the poet just wrote words that rhymed and then came up with the story afterwards that's kind of like our name we can come up with loads of philosophical meanings for it but at the time it just kind of half sounded right (laughs) the poets don't even come up with the meanings for stuff other people do after they die exactly so what do you think in the lamplight means send it in in a hundred years time <laughs> after we've made it absolutely huge and, and the scholars are analysing our podcast God knows what they're going to think in the lamplight means they're going to think we're damn geniuses is what yeah. they're going to think Luke on that note on that note Rory <laughs> I think we'll, uh, we'll we'll bid our listeners farewell for this week thank you everybody for tuning in thank you uh, that's episode 6 we have 
two more episodes in season one to come your way, episode seven and episode eight over the next couple of weeks. Um, stay in touch. Check out all our stuff on social media. Let us know what we're doing well, what we're doing badly. Anything you'd like to hear in season two, we'll be starting to think about that soon. Um, so, yeah, uh, stay in touch with us. We love hearing from you all. And thanks for listening. Lamplight out. That definitely won't work. That, <laughs> that was so cheesy. Uh, you ruined uh, that. There'll be a nice cut there now at the end of Kieran's spiel, and that'll be that. Lamplight out. Stop it. It's now. time to turn off. Stop Here, it. Luke, I got, I got one for you. I got one for you. It's time to turn out the lamps. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rory, you're a genius. You're a genius. <laughs>